Because actually, my dumb ass didn't even know what a sniper was, really. I was thinking it was like <laughs> some sort of scissor or like just something like you like like to get rid of. I didn't even know exactly. Like, I knew what it was, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And I was like, wait, well, I thought I knew what it was. And then someone was like, no, babes, it's like a gun. And I was like, oh, OK. Oh, she was really trying to come for me. Fears, 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 weather, fears. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm EW's news director, Jillian Cedarholm, and I'd like to officially announce that I am entering my Miss Congeniality <laughs> era. I will not be any nicer, but I will be binging a couple of Sandra Bullock movies tonight. You, Jillian, you mean you haven't been in your Congeniality era the entire time that I've known you? Well, I have been armed and fabulous, but... <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you are armed and fabulous. We need all the defense that we can get today because we are welcoming everyone to wait. What? Oh my god! Oh my god! What is going on here? Jillian and I are once again in the workroom. We are currently having an out of body experience watching ourselves appear from behind the All Stars Two workroom mirrors. Because on this very special episode of EW's Quick Drag Podcast, we're taking you inside the production of Drag Race's 200th episode because, yes, ladies and gentlemen, days and thems, I was able to watch them film this episode on the set at a secret, undisclosed location somewhere in the continental United States, though I can reveal that I did it all while standing in Alyssa Edwards' iconic spot behind the makeup mirror. So that is where we are today. Oh, there's Alyssa Edwards. I'm back, 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 back again. But I am sorry, Jillian, sweetie, you you can't be in here for the meet and greet without a wristband. Sorry, I saw you over there and was so excited to meet my second favorite winner from All Stars 4. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, she really got me with that one. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In case for all of you who don't recall for this discussion from EW's Binge Podcast, I'm regularly told that I look like Trinity the Duck. So Jillian, yes, you again win the reading challenge. Thank you. <laughs> I was You're that girl. I knew you were. But before we get into our recap of the 200th episode, I really would love to talk even more about my own personal experience on the set. Jillian, please proceed to interview me about this topic. I would love to. So Joey... <laughs> sounded very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back... What would you tell little oh Joey God. about your experience on your set th- on the set that day? <laughs> Listeners, I am holding up a real photo of Joey as a as a baby wearing a Oshkosh overalls in a wicker basket that is hanging up in Susan Nolfi's living room. Oh my God, Jillian. Oh, you are really okay. This might this is officially already your best podcast ever in the history of your recording career as an actress. Oh my god, I'm truly gagged. I don't know what to say. What would I say to um, little Joey? I would say beware of a dear friend and future colleague Jillian because she is going to gag the shit out of you on your podcast. You don't just keep baby photos of all your colleagues in your phone just in case. How did? Honestly, to quote RuPaul with Jasmine Masters loaf of bread, where did you get my baby picture? <laughs> You'll ne- How did never you get my tell. baby picture? I will never tell. Did I send it to you in the past? 
Papap, you're in cahoots with Papap, my grandfather. <laughs> yes, I've been secretly texting your grandfather to get baby <laughs> photos of you. But I would, I would really love for you to go into great detail on your set visit. You did write it up for EW.com and I we texted about it after the day oh, in yes. question. Yes, and I am just dying of jealousy and so excited that you were able to be there. So please tell us, walk us through uh why were you there and what were you doing? I also just want to shout out very quickly, Sammy, who you also heard laughing at Jillian's gag. Mm-hmm. Um, they are our wonderful producer. So just shout out oh, to Sammy for always doing wonderful You think work I don't well. have a baby photo of um, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Togepi. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, what was what was the question? I'd like to request a repeat of the question. Please walk us through that infamous day that Joey oh. Nolfi stepped foot on the drag race set. Oh gosh, yes, the infamous day. Uh that was oh well, um for security and safety reasons, we are not revealing the time or the exact location, but, but it, it was, was on the corner yeah. of Santa Monica San Vicente, and San Vicente, and Santa Monica a certain clinic. Um Angina drove me there through there was no trafic actually. Um it was it actually was I think one of the first things I um texted you about when I got there that really made me laugh was that they were storing um, the painting that uh, Team Angeria and Deja Sky did of RuPaul, like somewhere behind the building. And that was one of the first things that I saw. It was like just propped <laughs> up in the corner. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is freaking hilarious. But uh, so, yeah, they were very great with like all the COVID measures and everything. Like I had to do a test. We went onto the set. Um, they took me behind the makeup mirrors and I immediately like, felt my Alyssa Edwards fantasy. I truly was just like trying to like mug for myself, like the way that Alyssa did, but it was really great. It was really, I mean, a lot of people say that they think that the workroom and the stage are like smaller, but I, it actually seemed a lot bigger to me in person. Uh, I did touch the, um, the walls of the workroom whenever we were walking past like i stuck my hand out to touch it and it's like it kind of feels like a wallpapery sandy crusty situation that i was not expecting yeah like it almost felt like when you touch like a stingray at one of the petting pools at like oh yeah i do it every weekend yeah. Well, that's well. You know what? That's what. As someone from Long Beach with the famous aquarium, you should know very well what a stingray feels like. So that's kind of what it felt like for all you texture fiends out there. But uh, then you know it was pretty quick. Um, I watched them film RuPaul coming down from the staircase, and all the queens lined up. They did their reactions. They reset a few times to get a few different reactions, I guess, from them. RuPaul explained the mini challenge, which is, of course, the photobombing mini challenge that we saw unfold on this episode. They were all getting into quick drag. And the interesting thing that actually surprised me was, and Mistress also talked a little bit about this um, on stage at a gig recently, too, is that uh, after RuPaul introduced the challenge, a producer sort of cut and then gathered them all. And they all, I thought it was kind of cute. Like some of them put on blankets and stuff to warm up. And the producer was just explaining all of the rules to make sure that they all knew fully what was going on, that they understood all components of the challenge and that they were, so they were all on sort of an equal playing field. And then after that, that like all chaos erupted, they like, some of them ran over to the clothing racks. Some of them went over to the makeup mirrors immediately. And I will never forget the feeling of like, aligning my eyesight perfectly with Lux Noir London's from the other side of the makeup mirror. So she was like literally looking 
in my eyes without knowing she was looking in my, <laughs> in my eyes. It was the weirdest That's feeling. That's so weird. <laughs> yes. And uh, it, I will also say that Lucy makes some of the funniest faces while putting on her makeup. It was like such a fun experience getting to watch them all put their makeup on from the other side of the makeup mirror. And then this after- is horrifying because I'm just thinking about the faces that I make when I'm putting on makeup <laughs> and I would be appalled to find out someone was like watching me from inches away. Well, I mean, they are very aware that there are cameras on the other side. I mean, of okay, true. <laughs> they are, it's not like Still. this was, you know, they had no idea that people were watching them. They were very aware that people were watching them because I think they said that queens in the past have said that sometimes like you can even see the lights from the camera through the, the makeup mirror sometimes. But I was very disappointed, though. The only thing I was disappointed by was the fact that I could not observe my favorite like facial getting ready makeup queen in the history of drag race kennedy davenport getting ready from the other (laughs) side of the makeup mirror because she has the best makeup faces of all time but uh after that we went to sit at some monitors behind the rupaul iconic dissension staircase and to watch them actually film the little mini challenge and much to my surprise, Raven was sitting right in those chairs that we were going to. And Raven was just fiddling away on her little phone. We had a very brief uh, (laughs) exchange of greetings. And then uh, they finished the challenge. I went over to the runway. I got to walk the runway. I got to pose on the runway. I got to sit on the panel. And it was, yeah, it it was a really fun experience and very enlightening to see how efficient and quick the show actually was filmed, at least for that mini challenge that, from what I saw. It was like, it was a very, uh, it was cool to like see, you know, the actual workings of the show that we have been watching for so long. So were you able to see what was behind the door that RuPaul was entering through? Like, are um, those real steps or is she like ladder oh, on the other side? They're real steps. If From what I recall, My memory on that is a little fuzzy. I should have taken a better note on that. But if I recall, it is just like another set of stairs behind it Um, that's not as obviously decorated as those ones are. I think that that's what it was. Not 100% sure. And you had a wintergreen sighting? Oh, yes, I did have a wintergreen sighting. <laughs> I had multiple wintergreen sightings. Yes, because I kept – I was like the, the first thing that I was asking um, the people that were there taking me through the set. I was like, is Sarge here? Is Sarge here? And they were like, like, forget yeah. RuPaul. Where's Sarge? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like – I was like, is Sarge here? Is Sarge here? And they said, uh, Sarge is working today, but Sarge is not on the set. And I was like, wait a minute. That, but that looks like Sarge. And then it turned out Sarge actually was on the set. And I lost my mind. It was so cool to see Sarge (laughs) actually working. And it was a pretty big crew, too. I mean, it was like I counted there were six cameras. And then, I mean, I didn't count as how many crew there were. But it was a a bustling crew. There's a lot of people standing there uh, watching them film these episodes. And there's a lot of work that goes into this. And um, the funniest thing with Sarge was there was it was while they were on a break or something in between shots and like I just remember Sarge like taking off his headset and like throwing it on the ground and pretending to have like this hissy fit that I thought was really funny and everybody was <laughs> laughing at it. Um, 
and then some i think a few people even like applauded after his little performance so oscar incoming for sarge aka wintergreen great so that's i'm just like so excited about your trip and listeners you can read even more about it on ew.com and you can see the photos of joey's (laughs) runway strut and at the judges table which is pretty funny Um, oh the only thing i want to add the only thing that for that i recall that was behind that panel was just like a box of kleenex Ooh, I don't, I don't want to know. It was just a box of Kleenex. This, there was nothing else there. This was not the infamous glory hole wall, right? Uh, this was not the infamous glory hole okay. wall. No, this was, there was right. just, so. a, just a box of Kleenex, probably for nasal purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, sorry, Joey, this episode can't be all about you as thrilling as <laughs> that was to, to hear. So we're going to need to move on to talk about the queens who were also there being creepily spied upon by you <laughs> while we recap the crystal ball episode another design challenge this season do are these any of these queens aware did you tell them in the interviews hey i was looking at you through a makeup mirror um no well i think when uh i didn't want to do it at the very first interviews that we did because i still wasn't sure um, how the piece was coming together. So I didn't want to like spoil it for anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, afterwards, um, Selena did post our article and post some pictures from it. And she was like, Oh, my God, you were there. And I was like, <laughs> I yep, I was there. <laughs> I was like, I didn't I didn't say anything at our first interview. So surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. So she was she was pretty tickled by that, it seemed. <laughs> So in the episode that did air, things began, as you witnessed, with RuPaul introducing the quick drag mini challenge that saw the queens posing for photos that would be photoshopped into moments from Drag Race history. While some were very memorable moments, I thought, including Willow Pill's spaghetti bathtub as a recent fan fave moment and the classic vivacious jumping into the foam pit serena cha-cha drowning in a water (laughs) tank did how did you feel about all the choices though because some of them i was like oh yes this like iconic moment and then there'd be another where i was like okay of all things to photobomb that's a choice as tatiana would say Mm, choices choices (laughs) choices some of them i i just felt like it was like it's even going to be hard to like make this funny by photobombing it. I mean, like RuPaul at the Despies? I'm yeah, not that sure was that... the one that really stood out to me. It's like, like okay, like it was a yeah. really cute look, but like an iconic moment of yeah, photobomb? I don't know. it did know. not stand out as one. Maybe they were trying, because I think once I saw that Sasha was like kind of like creeping behind Ru, I was like, okay, I kind of get it, but it just it was a, it was an odd choice. Like there's a lot of other choices that I think um that could have been made in place of that even like the morgan mcmichael's ping pong ball one i was like this is odd but i did like the look of mistress (laughs) trying to catch it in her mouth i thought that was funny yeah the despy one didn't give the queen as much to work with no but i did laugh out loud at anitra uh doing a cannonball into the bathtub i thought that was hilarious it was cute, but then it was a rare RuPaul missed opportunity, something that you've already quoted yourself in this episode. When she had the piece of toast, Rouge yes! called back to herself of saying, where did you get the loaf of bread to Jasmine oh, Masters? Okay. Um, Jillian, insider <gasps> tea, I oh will say I did have this in my notes and 
it appears that it did not make it into the episode. RuPaul did say that <gasps> during that part of the mini challenge. It was hard to hear a lot of what was being said because we were kind of far away and sounds were muffled. But like my brain is just trained to like perk up when it hears that phrase because it's one of my favorite <laughs> phrases ever uttered in the history of the show. RuPaul absolutely did say that uh, when they were filming. Oh yes, it just didn't make okay. it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, later, they prepared to walk in the crystal ball, which included categories for remixing RuPaul's famous racing suit on the show's logo, one look inspired by ball themes of the past 14 years, and then one look designed with crystal materials. The queens shared some of their favorite moments in Drag Race history as well, including my personal favorite choice, um, Spice choosing Rebecca Glasscock entering the workroom on season one in jeans and a mall t-shirt so jillian were their favorite moments did those make sense with your fantasy or were those also as tatiana would say uh choices 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 (laughs) choices i mean i guess if you weren't given like time to like please come up with your list of your top memories of drag race i mean i think like every episode lux is dropping so many memories (laughs) of quotes of drag race even this episode she was like i'm gonna worry about heidi (laughs) yes yes um so yeah i I wouldn't say i was like surprised i think they touched on a couple of the big ones and then a couple of surprising ones like the rebecca glasscock one that was not something that i think of often but i thought it was really cute to just hear that that is something that's so in spice's memory bank from the show yeah yeah i am just very disappointed again that we you know i always bring it up that that i feel like the two moments that i bring up the most from the show are the fifi o'hara sweetie you can't be in here for the meet and greet without a wristband <laughs> and also tammy brown uh nobody yeah. mentioned tammy brown and teleport us to tell come on tell toby teleport us to mars yeah i would just want like everyone to suddenly recreate that entire tammy brown mimi i'm first untucked all stars one just entire thing we can't say the moment (laughs) because i'm gonna start laughing if we say the moment and i will not be able to stop but the the moment revolving a father's day is coming up (laughs) a couple months fuck oh god no we can't we cannot go down this road let me tell you what my father fucked Marlena Dietrich. That's the thing about Drag Race is like your favorite moment is, is something probably so personal or something that tickles you. Like you do bring up the wristband thing all the time and I it's not something that like stuck out as a read that I always remember. So I don't know. Like do you have – is there something that sticks in your head as the moment that you were like I, – like I am a stan of this show. Like this I just like am – Drag Race is for me. Yeah, I think it um, it goes back to that first time that I remember even watching the show after the Oscars that one year with my friend Alice. We just we watched it literally from the end of the Oscars through like seven, eight in the morning. And I just remember Raja watching Raja on season three and just everything that Raja did on the runway, specifically that Marie Antoinette look and the cake look and it just everything about that season three to me it just will always hold a very very special place in my heart because it was the season that got me fully obsessed with the show so and also jinx i think jinx's trajectory on season five because that was the first season that i watched live as it was actually airing so i think just falling in love with jinx in alaska and uh you know transitioning my interest into the art of drag after witnessing jinx and alaska and seeing them both perform live 
shortly after that, it was or actually Alaska before the show came out, I saw perform live. And I just remember that being just something that I had just never seen before. So yeah, Alaska, Jinx and Raja will always sort of hold those, uh, those space and Jujubee too, I think. Um, I remember Jujubee on season two, like kind of flipping through the channels before and kind of seeing the show here and there and always remembering, oh, that looks like a really interesting, you know, person on a reality TV show doing really kind of funny things of the little bits that I saw. So those four queens, I think, are the the queens mm-hmm. that I think of as getting me into Drag Race. What about you? Well, you have a new a newer relationship to the show, actually, wow. that was well documented on uh, Binge. Yes, you can <laughs> go back and hear my entire trajectory on our previous podcast, EW's Binge. Um, yeah, I mean, like there, there definitely is a mo- an episode, a moment that I can think of that I went from being like, oh, okay, I'm watching the show and I like it to like, I am a super fan of the show. It's one that involves a queen that we no longer <laughs> speak of. Um, but other than that, there are plenty of other moments. I think, I mean, the other thing that like I do bring up like all the time is my favorite lip sync because in the beginning I would say, you know, I really love this show and like, I love everyone's personality and everything, but I just, I'm not a huge fan of lip syncing. Uh, yeah, and you were like, oh, that's kind of the whole thing that drag queens do. And I was like, well, it's just like some of it, like it really, like it needs to like have this quality and that quality and whatever. And then you were like, okay, well you're like, you're not there yet. And you hate spoilers, but I just, I'm going to send you one spoiler of this season 11 lip sync and you're going to love this. And you said, sorry, not sorry, lip sync. And I was like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, I love lip syncs. And so that like always stands out also in my mind, the, but I mean, season five also like the Dave and Judy Garland moment and that snatch game were just like, so jaw dropping of like, what is happening? Like, what is, did this person just say that and I think like of newer things like the Laganja yes. uh, lip sync assassin appearance and in All Stars was just like an all time amazing and Silky yes that was another just like her that entire Lala Perusa and the mm-hmm. especially the Barbie girl that yes. was just totally iconic and yeah, of course hoom. Little Pound Cake <laughs> the moment that Drag Race and <laughs> SNL combined. <laughs> <laughs> and creepy dolls like my three the trifecta of my interests so yeah um another um tribute to the past that you noticed joey you when rupaul comes out on the runway to introduce it you notice that she to paid tribute yes. to herself Can well you this explain? is uh, as soon as i saw this look because i was thinking i actually went back and googled what the judges were wearing to see if they were like wearing all wearing maybe outfits that paid tribute to their first ever time on drag race. Unfortunately, I don't think Carson and Michelle were, but um, mm-hmm. Rue was wearing this red leather look with this gold accents that I was like, that really looks like the Viva glam campaign outfit. And it turns out it was, we have since confirmed that yes, it was um, a tribute to the Mac Viva glam campaign. It was a little remix of the outfit of the uh, one that RuPaul wore in 1994 for the uh, Mac AIDS fund benefit that the cosmetics line did. And eventually a bunch of other celebrities also did this. Cindy Lauper, uh, Elton John, Lady Gaga, they have all since, you know, uh, started supporting this campaign. So it was a really big deal for RuPaul to sign on as the very first face of this campaign that was really important for a lot of people back in the 90s. So it was very nice to see RuPaul paying tribute to herself and also accidentally paying tribute to <laughs> to Rihanna at the Super Bowl because RuPaul then did a musical performance in this look wearing bright red with backup dancers that were all wearing white exactly as Rihanna did at the 
Super Bowl. So um, even though we're, they were filmed many, many, many months apart, like RuPaul is still the psychic of our generation. A I trendsetter. <laughs> A trendsetter. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, on the runway, we did get, though, a mixed bag from the other queens. I, I, like, I was really feeling some of them. But the other, uh, there was like a few that I was just like, oh, no. So, Jillian, who were your favorite and least favorites on this uh, ball runway? Well, first, something that we had talked about before recording this, that we were both disappointed that when we heard first the prompt of the runway and the, yeah. the second one yeah. where it was like, choose your favorite ball look from the past, we thought that they were literally going to recreate someone's, like, one queen's look. Yeah. Like they showed the re- Lala Rebag look and we're like, oh my god, what yes, an amazing concept. And that that would have been just, amazing. Yeah, no pick your uh, theme. Um, so yeah, to me, I think Mistress and Sasha stood out as a full package the most, and um, I would say Lucy's. Pro- I mean, it's not like she did a, a poor job, but I think disappointed me the most. And maybe it was just combined with how much she was talking it up, mm-hmm. and that just like saying that she didn't get as bad of critiques as we saw the judges give her. That I was like, eh, like the concept of the dog poop bag, okay, but I think just like didn't pull it off. Um, and I, eh, yeah, I mean, so like ever, but I think like in general what we've been saying this whole time that just like there's not a lot of flops on this cast like everybody like yeah. really can like pretty much pull together you know like there wasn't a an like a not calling lala re a flop like that was obviously one of the most iconic looks of all time yes. but you kind of want like something to something go like that. terrible for that to happen and everybody like you know either if they even if they don't have sewing skills have enough hot glue gun skills that they can mostly pull it off selena i think consistently has had some fit issues but yeah i think she's still such a great queen she is i but i think the closest that we got was uh her money ball look with the palm tree with the uh dollars with her face on them which i thought was funny but i mean even she said in untucked that like that look was a mess so like she knew that it was not it was not her best but i did one of my favorites of the day was actually her um take on rupaul's racing suit i thought that that was wonderful and i think the way that she sold it on the runway uh bringing that signature selena personality that we have seen in recent weeks is just i thought it made it Mm -hmm. so fun and i loved the accessories with it i thought it was really good but my favorite was actually mistress's entire package like i thought as much as i love sasha colby i really was uh, surprised that mistress did not win this challenge i thought sasha's crystal look was amazing um her second look i'm surprised that nobody compared it to laganja I mean, because that, like, I mean, Laganja has worn very similar things in the past, I believe. And didn't somebody else, was it Georges, who wore something similar? Uh, was was it Georges last year? Oh, Georges did have something with like a weed with a dress. Joint or I, I don't know. Georges, yeah. Like, Georges wanted us to know for sure that she was a big stoner. Yes. I can't remember. I think it was Georges. But there, there was some other dress that was very similar to this. And no, I'm not saying that Sasha ripped it off. I'm just saying that I, I you know, it just, it was something that I reminded me of something else. Whereas mistresses, um, I thought were all very, 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 you know, original and fresh. And I mean, Sasha Colby, we know she's a legend. She does original and fresh is like she has cornered that market. But I mean, 
mistresses, I thought just fit the challenge. And um, callbacks to it went alongside the 200th episode. Yes. The first one was an homage to quotes from all the big girls yeah. in the past. And then the second one, I mean, she didn't say it, but it seemed like a pretty obvious homage to Latrice's mm-hmm. purple spandex mm-hmm. club kid look or whatever that yeah. runway was um, in All Stars. And so, but like with a twist in the the bouncy beach ball boobs, I really got a kick out of on Mistress. And that gown was beautiful. The, ga- the yeah, last gown was, was yeah, amazing. Gorgeous. I really was surprised. I thought that given in the judges' tastes, at least, that Mistress would have won this challenge. Um, and I think she she looked kind of shocked that she didn't win as well. But I also want to point out um, Anitra's crystal look. I thought that that was really great. I also thought that Lux's hairball and Lux's crystal looks were incredible as well. I think Lux's yeah. hairball is definitely up there as like my my second or third favorite yeah, of the evening. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. to, like An- Anitra, to me, I was like, oh, this is a crystal- the crystallized version of Aura's exposed vertebrae yeah, dress, too, which I thought yeah. was like a cute, like kind of, I don't know uh-huh. if she had that in her head, but I was like, oh, that's a cute moment. Yeah. Um, though she really tried her hardest not to trot on the runway though <laughs> poor spice did ultimately trot away from drag race officially cueing the sniper or as you <laughs> asked me to say signaling the fall of the great twink <laughs> empire six weeks after sugar left the competition was it spice's time to go and how do we feel about this lip sync uh i i think that yes i think after last week Spice do- really dodged a sniper bullet last week when Anitra saved her. And I think given the reaction, which she is having clearly having a ball with people, um, with their reactions to her lip syncs and the memes that have come out of that, like clearly Spice is like playing into the whole fact that like, you know, she knew that she wasn't stacking up in the lip syncs. They entered the season being very open about the fact that they didn't perform before. And, you know, once Spice is tasked with doing a lip sync on her own that isn't like a choreographed number with sugar, especially against somebody like Selena, I think that there's just no, you know, just in terms of pure experience level, we really saw the disparity between Spice and the other queens here. But I did think it was really nice to see Mistress sort of say to Spice, who was saying in Untucked that she felt mm-hmm. like her drag wasn't being taken seriously and wasn't given a fair shake. She was like, I just, it, it really was so nice to see this full 360 moment of, um, from the where we saw Mistress and Selena at the beginning, sort of giving the twins so much shit, then to the end, them both being really emotional over Spice potentially leaving. So yeah, and I think even as fans, we were all like, when we first heard the casting, we're like, okay, you know, like probably a smart move to do this stunt casting. Like, I yeah. want to see what twins will do. We all knew they were going to lip sync against each other, but. Um, I think they just really had such a presence and I think Spice, because we got to know her longer and just her personality, I thought really shone through and she really did become such a memorable queen in Drag Race history. So, and as she said in Untucked, <laughs> she said, oh, I have to go like, le- I have to go read this song for, or like read the lyrics of the song for the first time or listen to it. And then she said like right after, like I could be a lip sync assassin, <laughs> which is just like, like so spice, like just positive, yes. having a ball. <laughs> yes. Face crack of the millennium. Well, the meat of season 15 is tasting a little bland and boiled now that Spice has left the building, but she's going out with a little kick and a trot or two in our next interview coming up, where she discusses being saved by Anitra last week, her relationship with Mistress and Malaysia adopting her, and more. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. 
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag. I am having a hard time mentally preparing to have to cleanse my palate now that we're lacking in the garnish and flavorings department. And full disclosure, <laughs> I'm also in combat journalist mode doing this interview while dodging a full-on team of RuPaul snipers. So if this cuts out, <laughs> you all know why. Now, unfortunately, the cupboard is bare with the departure of one half of the first pair of twins ever to enter the workroom, but she's still here to give us a little kick with a tasty exit interview. Please Please welcome the lovely Spice. Hi, Spice. How are you? I am amazing. I am hot and bored as usual. So um, <laughs> things are uh, just as normal over here. <laughs> yes, I'm glad that this has not interrupted your daily life of being hot and bored, um, you know, reflecting no, on just, this elimination. <laughs> exactly. And being hot and bored, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's really, it's also a mindset. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I fully subscribe to that lifestyle. I can't wait to live that for myself. I'm not quite there yet. Um, I do have to know though has has RuPaul like truly finally officially called off the snipers since filming? Like, have you been able to live in peace since production? I think so because actually, my dumb ass didn't even know what a sniper was. Really, I was thinking it was like <laughs> some sort of scissor or like just something like you like like to get rid of i didn't even know exactly i knew what it was but i didn't know exactly what it was and i was like wait well i thought i knew what it was and then someone was like no babes it's like a gun and i was like oh okay oh she was really trying to come for me so i was like yeah (laughs) but i don't know if they're i don't know where the sniper in question is so you didn't realize that it that was like a death wish no i just thought it was like something cute it was like get her like a little like throw a little dagger you know (laughs) oh spice i love you so much that is the most entertaining answer i mean i i do have to know though were you that that episode as well were you really trying to like get a rise out of them when you trotted back to the safe position after michelle told you not to do that two weeks ago well of course i mean i mean well it's a little (laughs) bit of two things because you know me you know miss spice when i get alone i start uh, I start like planning my little stunts because I, I just have fun with it. You know, like I said, like I get a little bored sometimes. So yeah. I'm like, what would I like to see, like to spice it up? So um, I actually, even before the show, I was like, hmm, like what's this? Is my little producer mindset comes in. I'm like, hmm, what's something funny to do to like troll the girls to like get people on their toes? And I was like, oh my God, that'd be so funny if I trotted back. But up until that point in the competition, I had never had the opportunity to do so. Uh-huh. Because it was just, I was always like safe for just in the butt. I don't know. It was never like I had my own moment where yeah. it was like, you're safe. So then once, so I already planned it. And then once Michelle had her whole thing with that, I was like, oh, baby, don't give me a moment like this. I'm going to take this <laughs> a moment with it. So yeah, that's how the, the moment was born. 
It was wonderful. It truly hats off to you. That was a wonderful moment. <laughs> I full on like belly laughed at that. So uh, yeah, congratulations on that. But outside <laughs> of snipers, I mean, you were also the target of a very sweet thing. Um, last week when Anitra had her sights set on you to save from the final lip sync Lala Perusa. So first, I need to know how long did it take Anitra on that stage to sort of make that decision to save you? And were you genuinely surprised that she chose to save you? When I tell you, I was so gagged because she, I, I just did not expect her to say my name because I was so convinced that I was going home, that lip sync, Lala Perusa, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. So I would, I had my exit line ready. I was like, well, it's over, girls. That's why, <laughs> like, you kind of see me just having fun with it because I was like, this is literally my last day. So let me just do whatever, you know? Uh-huh. So, and it's not that I wanted to go home. Of course, I wanted to stay, but I just kind of came to terms with it, just being realistic, because I was like, Rue is not living for me. He is not saving me in these lip syncs. So <laughs> I thought I was out. But then she somehow bestowed upon me an extra lifeline. So life uh, Spice got to say another day. <laughs> well, so did you have a different exit line prepared for that than what you said on this episode? Oh, no, it was the same thing. I mean, I was debating on saying, Ugh, I'm still bored. But then I was like, no, I, I need a, I need a reference that I can't lip sync for my life at all. <laughs> well, how long did it, I want to go back to the first part of that question. Do you remember how long it took Anitra to make the decision or was it pretty immediate? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm being like sugar going on the, yeah. on the question, not even <laughs> answering the question, but it was, it was quick. I feel like it, it took her a couple seconds and she was like spice. And I was like, uh, so yeah. <laughs> and then you later told her and untucked that you <laughs> first underestimated her in the yes. competition. So nice payback there. I know. And the gag about that is that people need context. I, like I said, I thought it was my last day. So once I got saved and I walked in and everyone was just so nice and happy to see me, that was like my favorite day of filming the whole show. So I was just, I was taking all the shots. Me and I was having some of her drinks. She was having some, (laughs) I was gone. I was like, Ooh, I'm getting Olive Garden. Like, so yeah, I got the, the fettuccine noodles, (laughs) uh, whatever it was called. It was lovely. So yeah, I, me saying that to Nietzsche. So I really had like, you know, when you're kind of drunk or tipsy, you don't really know what you're saying. It just kind of comes out like word vomit. Eventually, I got there and she understood what I meant. I really just meant to say, like, don't judge a book by its cover. But it didn't really come out that way. No, we understand. I think we we understand that. And it it was still a fun moment. And this episode was also really fun. I mean, it was the beloved ball challenge, the crystal ball to be exact. And it started with some literal, like, shattered glass and clashes over gathering the (laughs) materials. So what happened with that whole glass shattering thing? Because Marsha and Lux looked very annoyed. So was there, like, maybe more to that chaos than what we saw? What's so funny about the shattered glass is that I fully, like, that's just a normal everyday thing for me. I'm like so clumsy and tipsy tumbles over here. So I was like, okay, this is nothing new for me. I fully thought they were just going to cut that out of the episode. I was, I saw it for the preview. I was like, oh, it works. So they're using that. It was like a whole, we had to stop. They had to like reset everything up. I was like, well, I don't have to clean it up. So work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, we also saw Rue and Carson uh, coming over and giving you some pointers on your look when you were telling them your idea. Uh, they they said that your silhouettes were similar. So did you maybe, I know it's kind of, it must be kind of tough to hear something like that when you know you've already brought two looks for the first two categories. So did you maybe at any point try to alter the looks that you brought with you that were already made? Or did you maybe ask your new parents, mistress in Malaysia to help <laughs> you do that? Well, what's interesting is 
the outfits that I brought, I was like, that can't be changed. The only thing I could change is the outfit that I'm making. Mm -hmm. And they were so confusing. They were like, oh, you got to drag it up. You got to add more and they add more fabric. And then on the main stage, Rue even told me he was like, actually, I love the top so much. I would have kept it a, mi a mini skirt. And I was like, wait, what? Because if I, <laughs> I know, especially with these fans, if I walked down there with another mini skirt, they would have been like, off with her head, demolish that twink. So good thing I didn't end up with a mini skirt. So I'm actually really happy with my, how my outfit came out. I felt gorgeous. So I was in my yeah. fantasy. And as you said in Untucked, you were giving versatility. You gave them a nice, like, sensible pump. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sorry. This was me showing versatility. I wasn't wearing an eight inch heel. I went down to a sensible little three, four inch pump, you know, never again, but it was cute. You know, I kind of understood how mistress lives. Actually, that was a high heel for her. She wouldn't even go that high. So me uh, doing a conservative heel, that was still very high for her. Yeah, no, I thought your look was I, I thought it was it, it was a good look. And I I am wondering how different it was, though, from maybe what you initially had set out to do if you were sketching right. on paper. How different did it look from that sketch? The only thing I really changed from the sketch, I just made the dress floor floor length and kind of okay. cut out. I was going to do some sort of like lace up heel. And I was like, we don't have time for that. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, after then, M Michelle did criticize your runway look last week. Um, did you have to do like old school America's Next Top Model runway practice in the workroom or the hotel? <laughs> oh, of course. And that's the gag is that, you know, the runways are edited down to seconds. But for me, I'm just always thinking like, oh, we need a bunch of different things. So I was always doing like a bunch of little things. I was like, let me add my trademark. And I was like, if they use it, they use it. But I was excited to give glam. Like I was channeling my Tyra and yes, you were. Yeah, don't tell me to channel Tyra or ANTM because I will do it. She <laughs> yes. didn't say to, but in my mind, I was. Oh, we know, we know very well that you will channel <laughs> ANTM anytime you can. And I, I think it was also clear on this episode that you were. I thought it was really funny when Michelle was like, "We could see you trying not to trot." It's. I, I feel like I still clocked it a little bit in there. So, do you think that there were moments? that you did slip up and did trot? And were you trying to maybe watch Michelle's face the whole time while you were on the runway to see her reaction? Maybe, I, you know what? I would have to get back into my mindset. I have like one brain cell left after <laughs> doing that show, going through that. So I don't even remember, but you know, me and Sugar always say, you, you can't escape the trotting. It just kind of comes out of us. You know, I wake up and I just kind of trot to the bathroom. It just, it just mm -hmm. happens. It's your signature. It is a signature thing. You've been doing it on TikTok for years now. So, I mean, it's it's a signature thing. It must be hard to shake. Yeah, exactly. And I always say, um, they always say, have a brand until you have a brand before the show. And because they didn't make it for you, they don't like it. So, it is what it is. Yeah. No, I, I fully understand that. I understand that it must be difficult. And you did. You, you ended up in the bottom with Selena. And this, it, it did not appear to be a choreographed lip sync like the one you did with Sugar. So. Yeah. I'm wondering if you still try to approach this lip sync with maybe a plan or choreography in mind. And did you try to maybe get Selena to do a choreographed number with you? <laughs> I actually remember talking to Selena and I talked, I was like, girl, what are you doing for this song? She's like, oh, I'm just feeling my fantasy. It's like a ballad. And I'm listening to the song. I'm like, this is not about like not a ballad. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, this is not a ballad. And my mindset going into that lip sync was I knew what time it was. I knew that they were sending me home. So I was like, well, I'm just going to have fun with this. Like, I mean, the whole competition, I was having fun. But especially in that moment, I was like, I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm not going to try to make this like look all lovey-dovey and try to get like, I will give emotion, but I have to have my tricks because so 
um, I, we were leaving and I was like, oh my God, I need my disco ball. And like, they were trying to find it. And I was like, I'm not going out there until I get the disco ball. So I was like, I'm just going to make love to this disco ball and throw it around and do my, do my craziness. Did you intend to shatter the disco ball when you threw it down? Did you know it was going to break open or was that something that just happened unexpectedly? Oh, of course, I wanted that to break into pieces. I was like, if this disco ball doesn't break and we don't need a cleanup on aisle six, <laughs> there is a problem. And there definitely was a cleanup after the fact. So I think I did my job. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because there's a moment where we see it really looks like I don't know if Selena was just acting in the moment to up the drama for the song, but it did look like she turned around and she looked like genuinely shook by the fact that you had shattered the disco ball on the floor. So <laughs> was there like a real pause there where she actually thought it was like maybe a mistake or something and had to reset? I didn't even know that she did that. So cool. But um, You're probably paying attention to yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. You're paying attention to yourself. <laughs> Honestly, I think at that point, the girls were, they were used to uh, the spice shenanigans of it all. So I don't think it was, it was just another day at that mm -hmm. point. <laughs> well, it seemed that after the uh, don't go yet lip sync that, which again, another hilarious classic spice moment, I was full on belly laughing when you were like, I realized I didn't learn the lyrics either to that song. <laughs> um, it appeared that you also did not maybe know the lyrics to this song. So and then in Untucked, we do hear you saying that you're just going to go try to learn them for the first time then. Did you attempt to learn the lyrics or had you maybe, I know you said this a little bit before, had you maybe accepted the fact or felt the fact that you were for sure going home and maybe not learn the lyrics as intensely as you would have before? Well, I definitely tried to learn the lyrics as fast as I could with the five minutes. And I kind of knew the chorus. I actually did it. Me and Sugar did a TikTok to that song, that little yeah. song. So I was like, okay, I know the little song. But, you know, on TikTok, it's like six seconds. So I only knew the six seconds. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I tried to learn the lyrics. But I will say the 5,000 times I lip synced on that show, I never do a damn word. I was just right. going with it. So it was what it was at this point. I was like, we're just going to be saying watermelon and just do yes. what we did last time and hope something sticks. <laughs> well, that's what Aura told me a few weeks ago. She told me that in her lip sync, she had no idea what the words were and yeah. she was literally just mouthing gibberish. So you were also doing that this season. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like me, I'm not a dancer by any means. I'm definitely more of a prancer. But so I do way better if I know the song and I'm passionate about it. And like, if it was like, like give me a Katy Perry song, give me a Miley song. Yeah, like yeah. I will pop off i mean for my standards but um so yeah it was fun though i had i had it was cute well you did also i want to touch on something you said in untucked you said that you you know you suggested that you didn't feel like your drag was maybe received the same way as the other queens right. at first so did you still feel that way when rue told you to sashay away at the end of this whole competition that your drag was never maybe really fully understood across the board this season you know what? I think at the very end, I got Rue to get it. I think like with the exit and the trotting away in my rap, but that you like rapped? he was, yes, I did a full rap for Rue. I was like, what did I say? I was like, but after I, I before I walked off and trotted away, I was like, but Rue, I never got to do my little rap for you. And then she was like, oh baby, we'll hear it on iTunes when it comes out. Then out of nowhere, I was like, I just started doing my rap. I was like, they caught me spice because I'm fucking the heat. And I just like did my whole stupid rap. And then they were dying of laughter. All the girls were telling me, they were like, that was the best exit. That was iconic. I hope they keep it in. But um, I think at the very end, they kind of got me. We got to have more talks. And because, you know, I think they just really 
wrote me off as someone that's just like strange or just like un- too unserious or something. Yeah. And I think just because of how it went down with sugar, it's kind of, I kind of always say like growing up with twins, sometimes if someone gets into a fight with one of the twins or doesn't like one of the twins, they kind of write the other one off and they kind of have like a bad taste in their mouth. So mm-hmm. I think that unfortunately that happened with me, but um, it ended up being fine. I, I think they got to like me in the end, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, so do you and Sugar both plan to, I mean, can, I mean, obviously I don't think there's any indication that you would ever leave the art form of drag, but did this whole experience change the way you think you're going to approach drag in the future? Or do you think it made you dig your heels in more into doing what you both know that you do so well? Absolutely. I left and honestly, I felt so relieved. I was like, oh my God, I can now just do what I want to do. And of course I was doing what I want to do there. But at one point, you you know, it's a competition, so to say. So you kind of have to conform to what these people want from you if you want to kind of play the game if you want to be smart about it. So to some extent you do that, but Mm -hmm. I kind of, I think of it, I was kind of saying this analogy the other day. I feel like doing that show is kind of similar to maybe you have a guy that you like, or you have a crush on someone and you're going up to them and you're kind of getting like a little bit of pick me energy without realizing you're like, Oh, like me, like me, like, Oh, I can be like this. And then eventually you're going to stop going back to that guy. Cause you're like, babe, I'm not boo boo the fool. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to chase you do your thing. So um, it was kind of like that in a way where I left and I was like, you know what? They're not really getting me, but I know I'm successful for a reason outside of this show. I know people get what I do. So I'm just going to lean in even more and not care what they say. So, of course, uh, take certain things into consideration, but ultimately leave and be like, I'm just going to have fun with my art and continue doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You were, what was the first thing that you um, said to Sugar after you, you were both reunited after your elimination and you both were no longer in the competition? That, okay. The story, the story about me and Sugar finally meeting for the first time, like even the producers before I left, they were telling me, they're like, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. And uh, basically I ran up the stairs. Sugar was so gagged. We hugged each other and we both I'm not kidding. We both uh, we both hugged each other. We looked into each other's eyes and we laughed and said, they hated us. And then they, we laughed. <laughs> and it was cute. Like, it was like a fun moment. And we were just, I remember that night we were just, I we walked to the grocery. We just go on our long walks. We walked to the grocery store. We couldn't stop talking. I was telling her everything. She's like, tell me everything. It was mm-hmm. crazy. It was yeah. really cute. That was actually a really cute moment. We were finally yeah. reunited. I love that. I love hearing that. And I loved watching the bond that you both have. And the last thing I want to ask you is I know that the the family dynamic with, you know, your family outside of Sugar uh, also was a, a big storyline for both of you this year. And you did get very emotional in that untucked conversation a few episodes ago, and you actually had to leave the, uh, the conversation space because yes. it was getting to you. So I'm wondering... Um, if things have improved for both of you in terms of what you opened up about with your family since them seeing that on the show? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's very hard. I don't think anyone goes on a reality show and is like, oh, yes, I'm going to get into my traumas. You know, like that's not yeah. exactly anything anyone wants to do. But I think if things happen for a reason. I think that was probably the only way <laughs> our family was going to hear us at that point. But yeah, things are so much better now. Things have really came around since filming the show. And I always say sometimes things just take time and you have to 
let things play out. But yeah, things are definitely better. And we're just focusing on the positive and moving forward. Wonderful. Wonderful. One thing I forgot to ask you, have you heard from Miley? No, I have not heard from Miley. <laughs> and that I'm a little scared too, because I'm like, I'm sure she has a restraining order against me. No. She's like, get that twig away from me. So who knows? Um, you know, obviously she is her, Miley, Katie and Tyra, they're my top three icons. So, uh, you know, if she, if she hates me, it is what it is. But uh, I love you so, Miley. <laughs> yes. No, I think it would be impossible for anyone after watching the show to hate you, Spice. You have been oh, such an you. incredible pleasure to watch on TV and to interview. Seriously, you and Sugar are so much fun. I wish you all the best in the future. And thank you so much for uh, being here today. Thank you, as are you. Thank you so much, Spice. I appreciate it. All the love. Thank you so much to Spice for that saucy exit interview. You wanted a twist? Well, we've got it for you. Laganja Estranja is on EW's Quick Drag coming up next. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag, and that smell you're sniffing is absolutely a fine mixture of puffed clouds of excellence wafting through the air because we know you wanted a twist, and we've got an extra special guest today to deliver it to discuss her iconic season six entrance and, of course, the Drag Race 200th episode referencing her legacy on the show. Please welcome the divine Miss Laganja Estranja. Hello, Laganja. How are you? Yes, God, Mama, I'm sickening. How else would I be? <laughs> yeah, we got to bring it back. <laughs> I'm doing so well now that I'm talking to you. I'm glad that you kicked off the interview with that because we got to throw it back to your iconic catchphrases celebrating this 200th episode. It was so great to see you referenced in this way. You know what, honey? It's not a catchphrase. It's a catch movement. You got to get into it. <laughs> I like that. A catch movement. And I think it's it's so great because it's it's this all reminded me that it's such a big reversal of I feel like how you left the show because I know that it was a tough moment for you feeling very attacked, which was also referenced a few weeks ago on season 15. So it's just nice to see this big turn and see how much you have come back into the sort of drag race canon. So that must feel really special to you. It does feel really special. You know, you're right. I went through a lot of trials and tribulations back in 2014, but mm -hmm. I am so grateful that people just decided they were ready to turn the party with Mama Laganja. And we are all having fun now. And yes, it has been incredible to be referenced so much this season. The little ant that felt very attacked. <laughs> that was beyond hysterical. I lost it. <laughs> I'm really glad that that touched you so much. And you are, you're just, you're part of this legacy of the show in so many ways. Uh, and on this 200th episode, we of course had Miss Selena Estides uh, do the photobomb challenge with RuPaul, where she's being edited into your famous season six entrance, uh, which is the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm wondering <laughs> what you thought of the look that Selena did to photobomb you and what you thought of her final photo that they edited her into. Well, I thought everybody's looks for this challenge were a bit questionable, but, you know, <laughs> it was fast drag. So you got to give them a break. I remember how stressful that was. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely loved that everybody really brought humor to this challenge. And I think, you know, Miss S. Titties has been hysterical this entire season. And I definitely think she didn't disappoint here. I really loved her pose of shock as I was hitting the floor. I think it was the perfect photo bomb. And she totally nailed it to me. Mm -hmm. Have you ever worked with her um, anywhere? 
Yes, of course. We're both L.A. queens. So Uh we have been in and out together in the scene for several years now. So I'm really grateful to see such an amazing representation of Los Angeles on the show this year. Oh, great. Great. I didn't realize that you that you had both worked together uh, so much. That's that's really lovely. Did she did she kind of give you a heads up like, girl, this is coming? Actually, she did not. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell, Queen? We could have done like a real photo shoot together and really like turned this moment. But, you know, I think she was abiding by her NDA and following the rules, which, hey, we, we got to love a queen who listens and supports World of Wonder. So I'm, I'm all for not knowing it was a great surprise. But uh, I definitely am hoping in the future she and I can collaborate to commemorate this moment. Yeah, she is a good this girl. This is my moment. You know. Yeah, of course it is. Of course, of course. Well, how how did it make you feel knowing that they chose this moment as one of the most iconic in the show's history? And that it's still something that means so much to so many people who watch and and make this show because they're the ones who put it on. You know, I'm just so grateful anytime I'm referenced on the show. It 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 truly, you know, shocks me as a fan who watches avidly every single episode I've never missed since long before my season. Season one, I was a huge fan. So now when those moments happen, it just, it really solidifies to me that I did leave my mark and it makes me feel really special. In fact, this is the first year that they took away. I feel very attacked for the untucked. I know. Clip, and I was a little sad about it. I was yeah. like, oh. so to see those references come back up in the show, it just, it makes me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was that is something I wanted to ask you about too. Was taking that out of the untucked. Um, yeah, that must. So you were a little bit, a little bit sad about that. I bet I was totally bummed. I was like, yeah. wait, what? Because I would always get so many tweets of people being like, untucked starts and it starts with Laganja, and you know, <laughs> I, I loved that, and I'm grateful that for many years I got to be the opening soundbite for that show. And uh, you know, yeah, sure, it bums me out, but again, look at how many great things came from that over these past couple of years. So I, I really am. I'm just grateful and I'm very humble. And, um, you know, I love my RuPaul's Drag Race family and I I feel the love right back. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk about the origins of this moment, too. I mean, the death drop into the workroom because it is just such a memorable thing. How did you get the idea to do this? Like, did you rehearse it or was it something that you just did in the moment that day? Well, I do want to say that the proper terminology for this move is the dip. The dip, yes. I know so many people know it as a death drop. That's definitely what I referred to it as back in 2014. But over the years, I have been educated by my ballroom community. So I do like to just acknowledge the proper term for this is dip. I want to get that out there. Um, But, you know, I did actually rehearse my entrance. I think, again, as someone who grew up watching this show, it was a dream of mine to be able to enter the workroom. So I took it very seriously. I come from a musical theater background. We're used to rehearsing for months and months before we present our final presentation. So that's exactly what I did with this. I workshopped what I would say, how I would do it. And, you you know, I think in the end, uh, all of that effort and energy really paid off because I definitely hear from most people that this is one of the most memorable entrance lines and sort of yeah. uh, presentations. So I'm, again, just so grateful that I was able to make my mark within the first 10 seconds of entering that workroom. I think mm-hmm. when you're able to do that, you sort of solidify your place on Drag Race. And I also think, in my humble opinion, that it really sort of upped the game for everyone else. And now, you know, having a tagline, having a sort of catchphrase or a catch movement is super popular. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I was one of the catalysts for that. Yes. No, I think that for sure we can trace that back to, to you and your season. And I'm wondering if you had 
because you did rehearse it and you workshopped it, was there, did you have other options that you were, you know, thinking of saying or doing that you ended up not doing, but had also practiced? Well, we are talking about something that happened a decade ago and you do know I am a medicated mama. So I (laughs) definitely don't know. uh, I don't remember what the other phrases were, but I'm sure that I had options. You know, I had a bunch of friends in college who, you know, were kind of my team ganja, as we like to call them. And so definitely I worked with them on it. But yeah, to to specifically draw back or remember other options, girl, good luck. There's too much (laughs) that we'd have to clear. But there was a team of people working on this with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was one of those people back in the day, like before, you know, it was popular on Instagram to tag every single person on your team. I was doing that. That's always been something that I really pride myself on is I'm an artist and I'm a collaborator. And so I always like to give credit where credit is due. And so, yes, I had a team of stylists that came up with every single look I wore, both as a boy and a girl in the workroom. And, you know, I had people who were managing me and helping me figure out what sort of shenanigans I could do, like hiding underneath the table or coming in with the turban on top of my head. So, you know, a lot of people say that that was fake, but that was really true to who I was, especially at 23 is I rehearsed, I practiced, I I wanted to know, you know, before I went in there that I had some tricks up my sleeve. Yeah. And I also want to point out that a lot of people, I think we talked about this before, but I just want to, I always like to bring it up again, is that a lot of people, I feel like think that you were somehow mistaken when you said that you were going to chasse away, but like you actually meant chasse, like that's a real thing. You didn't mean sachet. That's correct. It is a dance terminology and it sounds like sachet. So, you know, it was sort of a pun and sort of a play on words. Uh, But again, you know, I think the ambiguity of that and the fact that people don't know, I love, you know, I still get questions today, like, what does come on Natch mean? And it's like, I've said it a million times, Natch means natural. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I love that what I did really left people wanting more and wanting explanations. I think as an artist, that's something we always strive to do, right? Leave people wanting more and leave them coming back to you years later. Definitely. And I know that we're, you know, like you said, there, there's a cloud that we have to sift through of memory sometimes, but <laughs> I do wonder if you can recall a little bit of maybe the initial reaction to the dip in the room. Like, do you remember somebody who had a particularly uh, enthusiastic or wild reaction when you did that on season six? Yeah, I mean, definitely Gia Gunn, you know, she was shown uh, right after my dip with her workroom confessional saying, yes, bitch work. But even in that moment in the actual room, I knew right off the jump, like, oh, this is my sister. Like, she's here to kiki. She's here to be extra. She's here to have fun. So we definitely made a connection off of that. If I also remember correctly, I think Bendela Krim was definitely throwing shade in her confessional and also in the room. But I don't think it was like mean spirit. I just think it was like, oh, brother, here we go. Here's one of these sissies that's going to be too much. Um, But yeah, I definitely got a huge reaction from everyone in the room. There there was no jaw left undropped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for people watching at home, too, I feel like the reaction was the same. And you also later referenced this moment on All Star 6 as a lip sync assassin. You, I mean, you literally fell from what seemed like the ceiling. So uh, can you take me through that moment and how you devised dropping into the set like that for all star six like because they because they assume that they contact you to become a lip sync assassin and then did you devise say that's how i want to enter the stage absolutely she's a producer so when i got the call to be a lip sync assassin i told them you know one of the 
only ways that I would do it is if I could do the big entrance that I had been planning for years. Again, as someone who watches the show and, you know, I've always had people, will you go back? Will you go back? And while that answer has always been no, I'd always wanted to be a lip sync assassin. I feel like that is just a real showcase of what I actually do, which is lip sync and dance. And so when I got the call, I was just thrilled. And I told them immediately what my plan was. And I wanted to do something that would top what I had done before. And I also wanted to pay ode to Tandy Dumanapri, who is known from dropping from the ceiling with her incredible Wonder Woman performance. Mm -hmm. And so I asked production if they could build a platform or a ladder or suspend me somehow so that I could drop from the ceiling. And I was so grateful that when I got to the workroom, the platform platform was actually on the left side of the stage and I'm a left splitter. So we had to move the platform to the other side of the stage so that I could do my left splits. So it it like required the whole crew to like drill up this platform. (laughs) and and It was definitely an orchestration, but I think in the end, you know, it was so worth it, not only for me, but for the show. And I also specifically remember telling them that I was going to say, oh, you wanted a twist a off screen. And I remember the producer at the time being like, I I don't get that line. Like, why can't you just jump in? And I was like, trust me, people who follow (laughs) me know that that's the first thing I said, as I walked in the workroom, you will want that moment. And as we've seen now, that has really become a bigger catchphrase. I mean, I couldn't believe yeah. on the other episode when they got the guest feature to say that line. I was just dying. <laughs> Danny, I couldn't believe that that was crazy. So I'm really glad that the producers listened to me and trusted me in that moment because I do think it's something that, again, just really solidified who I am and my brand as an extra, extra read all about it queen. Mm-hmm. Did that take uh, a, a couple of practices of rehearsal or did you just go right into it and do it the first time as we saw? I literally did that seven times. Oh my okay? God. I shoot it from every angle to make sure that they would have the shot lined up perfectly for when they added the judges and the contestants. So yeah, I did it six times without anyone in the room to make sure we caught it. And then I did it one final time when everyone else came in the room. So needless to say, my coochie was on fire. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they did literally film it like it was like a Hollywood blockbuster. I mean, there's multiple angles. There's like, it, it was really a production. You could tell whenever we were watching it. So were there any kind of precautions that you had to take? Uh, like, like, were you actually suspended at some point? Were there pads or, or like extra padding involved? Like what, what kind of precautions did you have to take to do that? No, mama, she raw dogged it. I mean, there was no knee pads. There was no cushion. There was no suspension. Like I said, I was on a very tall platform on the right side of the stage. And so, yeah, I just launched off it and prayed to God. And that's G-A-W-D. That's right. I love it. I love it. And you did it again in The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. Um, So how did your role in that come about? And I have to know, have there been any talks of a sequel? Well, I can tell you that when we did do um, The Bitch That Stole Christmas, that was a body double because it literally did come from the ceiling and had to crash through panels. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful in that moment that I did not have to actually perform <laughs> the flying splits. Um, and that came about um, just through, you know, I think being a, a, fa- a family member of World of Wonder, they just decided that that would be a sort of 
fun nod and to add me into that. So I was very grateful I got to, you know, participate in that. I have not heard of a sequel, but fingers crossed because I thought it was a really heartwarming, you know, Christmas show. And not saying I didn't love the green screen Christmas, which I was also a part of, but (laughs) I think this movie was really elevated and I would love to see a sequel. Oh, I did. Yeah, I thought it was really genuinely super funny. Um, And I want to talk to you about something a little serious too, because, you know, we have a, you know, a great history with you here at EW. You trusted us to do a very important story with you a few years ago when you came out as trans. And um, I I thought that that was a wonderful interview that we did. I still look back on that and, and read it and, you know, just commend you for being so open and honest and opening so many people's eyes to to many different things in this fandom and beyond. So I'm wondering what that journey has been like for you since that moment and maybe how it's changed your career and how you're received in the fandom. Absolutely. Well, I do want to note that it's not only that I trust, you know, Entertainment Weekly, but it was also that I really trust you. I think you have a very strong voice in our community and I feel Thank like you. you always represent uh, the girls in such a positive way. And, and that was really the main trust there is I knew that you would be able to deliver the story that I was particularly trying to tell at that time, uh, which was that, you know, trans looks different for everybody and not everybody is about getting big boobs and FFS and that some of us um, are happy in our own body and don't suffer from body dysmorphia and are uh, more interested in what it means to be a woman spiritually and less physically. And I think that you did a really beautiful job of telling that story Thank you. Uh, at that time. And I think for me, you know, it has changed a little bit. I did start hormone therapy about six months after that article was released. And, you know, everyone told me like, well, when you get on hormones, like just get ready, things are going to change for you. And they definitely are. I'm still not rushing out to get surgeries, um, but I have definitely been, you know, undergoing electrolysis for about eight months now. Um, And I definitely am, you know, considering uh, surgery paths. But again, I think for me, what's really been beautiful about this is that it's been more about accepting who I truly am, because Mm -hmm. I think for so long, I hid my truth as a trans woman. And I used drag as a way to compartmentalize how I felt about my femininity. And so over this last year, almost two years, I have really come to terms with um, who I am, who I want to be, and the the road that I go to get to sort of never an end goal. I think that's one of the beautiful things about being trans is we're always in transition, but sort of getting to that ideal place of happiness. And, you know, the reception with that article was insane. I mean, we made it into, you know, Japan Cosmopolitan. So yeah. I was so, so grateful to see all the love and support. And I would say that really has stayed with me. Now, it has been more of a challenge when it comes to the cannabis industry. Uh, As you know, I'm very heavily associated with the ganja. Yes. (laughs) And I always faced homophobia in that industry. But I will admit, since coming out as trans, it was sort of a doubling down in the hate. And uh, I did lose a lot of jobs because of that. But overall... You know, there have been so many more positive things that have come from me telling my truth. And that's what I always try to tell young people who are scared about coming out is that, you know, yes, there there are going to be conflicts. There are going to be moments that are uh, not comfortable for you, but the moments that are beautiful, that make you feel like you've finally become who you are, are, are so much more and outweigh those sort of negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I think that 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 definitely um, the conversation we had was a turning point in your career and for you as a person. And I, you know, wish you the best of luck in continuing down that path because um, I know we'll all be watching. But um, I, I because you have gone through so many changes and you seem like an entirely different artist, even than what we saw back on season six. I know that you referenced this a little bit earlier in this interview, but you've you know, famously said a few times that you would not go back for all stars in a competitive sense, but that you would maybe like to come back as like a choreographer um, or something from like a judging perspective. So uh, I'm wondering with all these changes that have happened, has anything changed in that sense? Like, do you think now that since you have gone through this evolution as a person that you would maybe like to come back to compete again if asked? You know, my instant answer is no, still not interested, but I will admit it is something that I mull over from time to time. In fact, I was talking to my drag mother, Miss Alyssa Edwards yesterday, and she was like, girl, you need to just go up on that show, girl. (laughs) You know, it is something that I think maybe when I'm further along in my transition, I might very, very small percentage might entertain, but ultimately, you know, I just know for myself that that sort of competitive nature of the show, the way it works, how physically, how physically um, intense it is. It's just not something that I'm looking to do. You know, I, I feel like I survived the shark tank once. Why would I throw myself back in there? But, mm-hmm. you know, it is my dream of all dreams to choreograph for RuPaul's Drag Race. That would just be everything to me. And I I think sometimes maybe they don't give me that because they know if I do that, then I'll really officially be done. But (laughs) I would, of course, love to continue making guest appearances. I'd love to be a judge. And I'm going to continue to support the show any way I can as they have continued to support me any way they can. Yeah. So let's just speak it into existence. It just needs to, in some country, we need to get the Laganja Estrada's Drag Race spinoff going. I mean, you know what? Well, I love a spinoff, A, but also I thought you were meaning like, me choreographing for another franchise, like for, you know, one of the ones that are international. I'm like, I will take that. I will take choreographing for any RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. But of course, my real dream is to do the American one or to do an All-Stars and just really let the girls have it. You know, I think their choreography for the show is so amazing. But I think what's really unique about me is that I am a drag queen. And so I'm really able to speak the same language as the queens. And as much as I'm known for my stunt shows and shenanigans, I know how to choreograph for people who aren't necessarily the best movers. That's something mm-hmm. I really pride myself on. And so I know that I would be able to get an incredible performance out of the contestants. So keeping my fingers crossed, I love it. Let's speak it into existence. But hey, I'm also open to the spinoff. That sounds like a great idea to me too. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We have it all mapped out. We, again, we will be watching Laganja to everything that you do in the future. Uh, I can't thank you enough for all of the great interviews that we've done together, including this one. I would just really appreciate your time and I wish you the best. Well, please know that that love is a two-way street. Of course. Thank you so much, Laganja. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Okay, girl, you stay sick. (laughs) You too. (laughs) It's about to get real interesting. But Coco, girl, look how fucking behind you fucking look on the timeline of this podcast. We are, we're already done. Unfortunately, there is no more to go around, but we are, in fairness, exhausted and ready for bed after 14 years and 200 episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. Thank you all so much for tuning in to EW's Quick Drag. Stay tuned for another episode next Tuesday featuring an all-new recap and exit interview. So make sure you are subscribed to our feed and please rate and review us. Okay, Teletubbies, time to teleport us to Mars and up and out of this makeup mirror. 
Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Have a blessed night.